Heavenly Father, we worship you, we love you, and we praise you. We give you all the glory. You're so good to us. You spoil us, God. But Lord, we're here for business, kingdom business. We're your people. We're ready to go. We're ready to stay. We're ready to do exactly what you say. And Lord, we're here to bow our knees to you tonight. Holy Spirit, come, envelop us, fall upon us, lead us and guide us into greater things. Lift the Word of God right into our hearts, and we'll receive it, Lord God. Now, I thank you for that, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, and I'm sure you do, I want you to turn over to Matthew chapter 6. I want to talk about something. I want to deal with dominion consciousness. Dominion consciousness. We carry around within us and upon us much more than we realize at times. We're the answer, not the problem. And all we need is a place to happen. When God sent Abram out, he sent him in search of a place. Didn't tell him where it was. But God always uses a place. The reason this building is so anointed tonight is because you're here. You came in expecting to receive. God will not disappoint us tonight. I want to start with something that we've all heard before, but we need to look at it with new eyes. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 8. The Bible says, But not... Ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask Him. God's an unusual kind of God. He wants us to ask. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open to you. God likes us participating with Him. He already knows what you need. When you tell him and you pray about it and agree upon scripture is not when he finds out about it. That's just when he pulls the handle, okay? When you pray about it and believe, it always comes. But he knows and he anticipates ahead of time for you. He's such a good God. Now the disciples asked the Lord in Luke to teach them to pray. So here in verse number 9, he he begins to do that. He says, After this manner, in this format, in this style, therefore pray ye, Our Father. Now, I believe that that blew all the circuitry in the disciples because they're Hebrews. They're Jews. Dead they got this wrong concept of God. And you just don't waltz into the temple and get anywhere near him. Last guy that touched that ark had a problem. <laughs> so for the disciples to have Jesus say, Our Father, which art in heaven. They know he's talking about, I am. And that's very strange for them to have to say, Our Father like they're a son of his on that intimate level. 
Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. But when you really look at the original scripture in that, you may want to write this down. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, that means when we get up in the morning, God will give us our daily bread. But here in Matthew chapter 6, he always he tells us later on not to worry. Don't worry about anything. What you eat, what you put on, what you do, and the list gets big. But how can you not worry if you go to bed at night and you're waiting for the sun to come up so something can come to you? How can you not think about it? That always bothered me until I found out that the original Greek translation is this. That scripture is really this. Give us today our bread for tomorrow. That's why you can put your head on the pillow, saints, and not worry. Because the scripture says he gives it to us today and we carry it into the future with us. He's the God of full supply. He's a God of full supply. There are no worries now. Then he says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. He's talking about transgressions and he's talking about unforgiveness in a number of things right there. Offenses that hurt people. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is three things. The kingdom and the power, and the glory. Three things. Well, the kingdom is the government of God. And if we remember back to the book of Isaiah chapter 9, we find out that Jesus carried that government on his shoulder when he was born into this earth. And he was the first sinless man to hit the planet after Adam, which is why he had to be born of a virgin. But he carried that government on his shoulder. And Isaiah said, excuse my South African. (laughs) That was for you, honey. (laughs) (laughs) They all think I'm speaking with a lift now. (laughs) 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 Okay, we got that straight. But the three things are the kingdom, which is the government of God, the power, which is the ability found in God, and the glory, which is the presence of God. You remember there was a time when Jesus said, and the presence of the Lord was there to heal. Well, when that presence shows up, healing's automatic. Yeah, it's time to go to work. Now, the three things I want you to see in that scripture, number one, the kingdom represents a father. The power came to us through the Holy Spirit, and Jesus manifested his father's glory. So the kingdom is God the Father. The power is the Holy Spirit. He brought it to us, and the glory was manifested by Jesus Christ in this earth. Now... I want us to take some time 
If we go over to the book of Luke, read the same thing about the Lord's Prayer, we'll find it deals with forgiveness also. If we go back to the book of Deuteronomy and the rest of the book of Numbers and some other things, we'll find out that when you bring your offering to the temple, don't offer it until you go forgive somebody if you have ought against them. God said, don't, don't, don't give me the offering until after you've done that. Now, also, I want to clarify something. Most of you know this probably. Some might not. Say this with me. The offering, the tithe, is the money. But the tithing are my words. Because he told them to say certain things. We were lost and in the land of Egypt. We were prisoners and we were this and we were that. But you sent Moses and he delivered us and set us free, etc., etc. So the tithe is always what you put in. The tithing is your testimony when you do it. Most people miss the testimony part. But it's offered up to God as a sweet savor. Heavenly Father, I was lost and undone in a world of darkness. You sent your son Jesus to set me free and place me into the land of light, life and love. Now I worship you with my tithe and offering, Lord. And the Bible even says... Look down from your holy habitation and bless me in this land you have given me. I won't ask for a show of hands of how many people do that. Moving right along. But you should. You should. Because you grabbed God's attention. And when you got his attention and you're a tither, he moved heaven and earth He'll pass up 10,000 people just to get to you. Amen. So you need to understand that. But I want every head raised and every eye open looking at me. Tonight, we are headed out of this location. We are headed to a different location geographically and a different location in God. Yes. We're going to walk out of this building higher than when we came in. And all of us are in agreement on that. I felt that when I stepped through the doors back there. I felt the anticipation and the expectancy in here. There's a draw pulling on the things of heaven. Now, with every head up and every eye looking, it is so easy to take offense. Mm -hmm. Listen to me. It happens so quickly. It can be brought by a situation, by a person, by anything. It just comes because the devil is in the middle of it. Okay? And the easiest way to cut off the flow of blessing is to be offended or to cause offense and to just wallow in it. Now, since I had all your eyes open so you could see this, 
and I'm on a cordless microphone, and I can come out and get you if I have to. <laughs> now, I want all those eyeballs shut right now. Nobody looking around. Everybody is in a place of solitude. We're in a closet right now with just us and God. If you need to dump some offense off, if you need to forgive a situation or whatever else, with every eye closed, stick your hands up right now. Don't go in to this new move that's about to hit carrying a load of offense. Thank you very much. Put your hands down. You can open your eyes up now. Follow me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I was offended. I caused offense. Forgive me, Lord. I release the individual, the situation, in Jesus' name. I'm now free because of the Word of God, the cleansing blood of Jesus has set me free. Now give him a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just praise him and thank him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's the little things that stop us. It's the little things that stop us. Can you imagine just by that one little nugget that the Holy Spirit threw out on tithing, how that can change your life totally in a short period of time? Short period of time. It's the little things that count big when it comes to kingdom. It's not a great big thing. Not, not a huge thing that's almost impossible to accomplish. It's a bunch of nice little things that are dynamic. Especially when they're touched by the breath of God. Now, we found three things. The kingdom was the government and the Father. The power was the ability found in the Holy Spirit. And the glory was manifested by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to talk about dominion, and I want to talk about dominion consciousness. Dominion consciousness. Dominion means government. It means lordship. Lordship over yeah, but that's the Lord. No. The Bible says he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's us. That's us. It's another simple thing that in all of our worshiping and all of our other stuff while we're busy and then we get out in the workaday world, we forget it and we let it slip. We're sons of God and daughters of God. We're with a household. We're not on the outside looking in. We're on the inside. We seem to forget that because it's too good to be true. But it is. It is. The hard part about it is we didn't have to fight for it. We didn't have to bleed for it, and it didn't cost us any money. 
That's why it's too good to be true. And all these promises are so hard because we didn't pay for them somehow. No. Jesus overcame the enemy. You and I are recipients and benefits of his battle. You and I are more than conquerors because Jesus gave it to us. We have an honor that we don't deserve, that we didn't fight for, that we didn't pay for, we didn't plead for, we didn't stand the heat of the persecution or anything, which is why it's so difficult for us to accept it and walk like sons and daughters of the living God. Well, that stops tonight. We're not beggars. We're not trying to get a few crumbs. We are joint heirs with Jesus. Our names are written in the books in heaven. We're part of the family. We're joint heirs with the whole operation. Don't you love it when God speaks up? Hallelujah. Proverbs 11, verse 30 tells us the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. The fruit of the righteous, that's us, is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. He that winneth souls is wise. And you never know when you begin in the harvest field. I wasn't always in ministry, but I was out there. And it feels so good to lead somebody to Jesus or to point somebody to Jesus. Now, in a few short months, and it's going to be a few short months, we'll be hearing the Word of God, singing, worshiping to God in a different place. So we have an automatic gift to give somebody. Hey, we've got a new church building. Come see this place. Hello? Come see this place. That's four words. Okay? It's not intimidating. And everybody in Boise downtown drives Eagle Road, just like all the rest of the people in Idaho drive Eagle Road. (laughs) All roads lead to Eagle Road, okay? It's kind of like all roads led to Rome at one time. Well, they lead to Eagle Road now. But I want to complicate Mark's life. I want to double this place. I already, I already see it double. Okay. I just want to complicate the heck out of his life. Just a bunch of people. How many people are going to help me? All right. Now, remember, uh, it's a cordless mic, so I can get you. I'm watching. Now, the word consciousness is what one knows. Internal knowledge, acute awareness, a sharpness in the awareness of it, and dominion. It's a kingdom, an empire, government, using lordship and ruling. 
I want you to turn, if you've got your Bibles, over to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. When Jesus sent out the other 70, he'd sent his 12 out originally. Now he's sending another 70 out. And his instruction to them, he's giving them the game plan. He's saying, this is how you do it. He said, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that was him, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. We don't hardly ever pray for that. We're too busy binding the devil. Because we think he's the problem. And he's not. If Jesus lied when he came back from resurrection, then the devil's the problem. But I don't think Jesus lied when he said, All power has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Well, that's earth down there. So all power belongs to Jesus. How much does that leave for the devil? Only the power that you release through your minds to him. Hello. Tonight... We turn that off. Amen. 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 Yeah. There was no power left for Allah, no power left for Buddha, Amen. no power for any of them, except the power that we imagine and agree to with our minds and hearts and open the door so a nobody can come in and do stuff that he shouldn't. That's how simple it is. Everybody say, click. click. We just turned it off. Now, everybody else may think you're crazy, but you're going to live a whole lot better now with the switch turned off. Don't open that switch again. We don't need that. So here's a pattern that Jesus put forth that's good for today. It was said way back when, and it still works today. He said, go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. He didn't say we were lambs. He said he is sending us camouflage as lambs. Inside of us is a lion of the tribe of Judah. And he's sending us to the wolves. Now, wolves are not afraid of lambs. Consequently, they'll group around us. That's what the master wanted. If he send us forth as lions, wolves are afraid of lions. But they're not afraid of lambs. So God has camouflaged the body of Christ back then so that we can get up close. We don't have to be long-range snipers. We can get right in their face. And they think we're weak and meek and whatever. But we got a tornado inside of us. That's called the Holy Ghost. And he knows how to make it real windy. So he says, Go your ways. Behold, I'm sending you forth as lambs among wolves. And look at this. Carry neither purse nor script nor shoes and salute no man by the way. Into whatsoever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. And in the same house remain eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. Well, we need to know why he said that. 
Now, depending on where you are and in whose house and what kind of house it is, you may eat some exotic things. But he did say, eat it. So, life gets interesting. Especially when you're going to have a three-day seminar. You drive up, and they've got a steer that's very thin, tied to a post, and they're beating its head in with an axe. And you're going to be there for three days without electricity. So by the third day, the beef and curry gets spicy. (laughs) But he said, eat it. Now, what you don't realize is that God protects you. Here in America, we don't know it too much. Because we don't get around death and whatever. Out in the world, yeah, you step on it and step in it and everything else. Yeah, eat it and the whole bit. Now, this is a master plan for today. Same thing. As long as you don't look threatening, they let you come right up within, you know, knife range. (laughs) They don't know. Why do you stay in one house? You don't go from house to house. Because you carry the healing power of God in you so strongly that in those places where they don't know Jesus, where it's dark, light breaks loose and starts to heal everything automatically despite us. When that breaks through, dominion is loosed. And you stay in one house so they know where to find you. And the other people won't let you stay anyplace else. Everybody else wants you to, but they'll hold on to you. So, whenever you go back to that country or that part of the state or whatever, when you go back to that place, you make a phone call and you say, I'm coming to your house again. I'll be there for a week. When you get there, they'll be wait- the front yard will be covered. They'll be waiting for you to walk, drive, or fly up, or however you get there. That's exactly the plan that Jesus was working here. Number nine, verse number nine, and heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. Did it say to pray for the sick? Nope. said to heal them. Yep. Sometime when you've got a little bit of time and you want to take an interesting study, start at Matthew chapter one and look at how Jesus healed the sick. He didn't pray for most of them. First three or four only took seven words. Yeah. One was a leper. One was Peter's mother-in-law. I hope Peter wanted her healed. If he didn't, he shouldn't have brought the master. (laughs) He shouldn't have known better. Of course, he was a fisherman. I'm a fisherman, too, and we're not too smart. (laughs) But, so... This master plan has been working for centuries, and it just works. And you really got to do some energetic things to make it fail. It just takes over because it's empowered by the Spirit of God. Jesus brought the prototype down here in himself and then remanufactured some guys. And he did things that didn't fit with the religious system. Because the religious system had rules, they didn't have dominion. And Jesus came down with a whole government prepackaged on his shoulder. Now, heal the sick. There is a consciousness of dominion that Jesus brought. 
And when you get saved, and when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you get a dominion deposit inside of you. Now, if you've ever tasted dominion, you want to taste it again because you become a man or a woman from a different world. See, inside of our skin, we're not Americans. I actually think I'm African. I'm not an African-American. I'm American-African. I've been over there long enough to qualify. None of us have a nationality on this earth anymore. We are heavenites. We belong in heaven and we can't get there. So sooner we take our position in the body of Christ and start reproducing. And when we start to reproduce, we get to play, if I can use that term, with kingdom stuff. Hey, let me tell you. First blind eye you see open. Huh. You want to do it a second time. And that aspect is sitting, that dominion is in us. But we don't have a consciousness of it because we haven't seen it happen. Okay? You can't be good at something until you do it repetitively. You can't be good at faith until you hear and hear and hear and hear until you get it. And then you have to get it about salvation. Then you have to get it about the Holy Spirit. And then you have to get it about healing. And then you've got to get it about finance. And by that time, you're ready to look at somebody else's home because yours is straightened out. But it is a process of stepping through as we grow in the graces of Jesus Christ that he left here. And as we expand in our knowledge of what we have in us. I mean, Jesus Christ is in here. He's in all of us. Now, if we backslide, he becomes a prisoner because he can't get out. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's stuck. So I become a prison if I backslide. And Jesus is in there like this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. He can't get out. He's going to the bar. He's going to the motel. He's going to wherever. Can't get out. Take it out. Now, his blood will cleanse that all away, but we become a prison. Now, the Bible says we are temples of the Holy Ghost. Now, this is just a building. The next one will be just a building. Yep. What counts is the little churches that walk into the big church. Yes. And their synergy yes. in the power of agreement will move heaven and earth. It can defeat anything that tries to raise its head against anything because God's in us. Now, as we start to learn these things, we'll want to step out, step out. Because I went to some bad places and poor places in the earth, I got to use my hands a lot. And when you get to use your hands a lot on people, You get to see demons all the time, and you get to see impossible things be made possible in their physical bodies in that because of the numbers of times that you do it. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, every person in here that's born again filled with the Holy Ghost has got power to spare. Every one of you 
could heal the greatest problem any physical person ever had yes. if we just do it. Yep. If we just had the opportunity. Yep. Okay? Now, we're talking about dominion consciousness. Dominion. You notice Jesus didn't tell the 70 to pray for the sick. He didn't tell when he gave the Great Commission to pray for the sick, did he? Nope. He said believers will put their hands on them and they will recover. He didn't say any long prayer in there we were supposed to mimeograph or copy or run through the scanner. And, you know, you, you look. Just read the red words in this book, and you'll find that he didn't do much. Habba, habba, jibba, habba, habba. He just did stuff. He just did stuff. That's the whole funeral up for the, the city of Nain. He didn't have compassion on the boy. He had compassion on her mother. She was a widow, and, of course, Jesus was God incarnate, but he was operating through the power of the Holy Spirit. So he was operating the same power that you and I got in us. And his compassion broke for that lady. And he went over, and he touched the coffin, and he said, he didn't pray, he said, young man, get up. That stopped the whole procession right there. Now, because we don't avail ourselves to opportunities like that, we get busy, we get whatever, it's in us, guys. There's a great big bunch of power inside here. And it's just surging. Just trying to get out. And see, when you put your hands on the sick, his hands are on the sick. Bible says you have the mind of Christ. Is that right? Yes. yes. Well, if his head is in your head, where's his hands? In my hands. In my hands. He wants your feet to carry him someplace and tell somebody a word of knowledge right. by the Holy Spirit. Right. Go talk to that woman over there by the, by the produce department at Walmart. Uh, I'll go down this other aisle. Maybe God will forget. <laughs> and he always gives you something stupid to say. You know, you're a total stranger, and you're supposed to go over there and say, Excuse me, God just said it'll be all right tomorrow morning. Well, you don't know that her husband just walked out and left them. And that was God telling her, He'll be back. Don't worry about it. But when you do that, the life of God just jumps up and down inside of it, and you think, Oh, that felt good. See? And you may have just made a person a friend for life, and she may run, catch you and thank you, and you may wind up bringing her right here to the church. And then she's in the kingdom, then he's in the kingdom, now the children are in the kingdom, and the family begins to grow. Heal the sick. Peter's going into gate beautiful. Now here's, here's the master copy in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ went in and out of that gate beautiful lots of times in the three and a half years that he was ministering. He walked right by the crippled person all those times. Because that guy, from a young age, was seated there for, I think he was 40-some-odd years old, and he was totally crippled, and the Lord walked past him. Now, here's the thing to remember. Jesus didn't do anything unless his father told him to. 
He didn't say anything unless he heard his father say it. He didn't heal anybody unless his father told him to do it. He obeyed instantly, but he obeyed fully. God knew what he wanted to do for that individual. And he wanted Peter to do it after the Holy Ghost fell. Now, Peter didn't pray for the guy. Peter tapped into dominion. A deposit of the life of Christ in him that he didn't know was there. And he became what that deposit was. Just as if Jesus was standing right there, and he was in Peter. Peter looks at him. He told him what he didn't have. The guy was looking for silver and gold coins. And Peter said, I don't have any silver and gold. But such as I have, give I unto you. And he could see that the guy was expectant. Now, I felt expectancy when I walked through those doors. Every time you come to a meeting, as soon as you close the door in a parking lot, get expectant. God can drop something on you. He can drop a word on you that the church has to hear halfway from the parking lot here. Get expectant the second you hit this place. Don't ever come here and not have your catchers on and your ears on and the radar working. Because God wants to use all of us. Amen. Wants to use all of us. So Peter, when he, when he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, well, the guy's ears perked up because he's going to give me something. He's got something. I don't have anything, so it's going to be better than what I have. So he opens. He's expecting to receive something. And Peter could see his faith. Faith is visible. Faith's visible. You can see it. He said this. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. Now, the guy's never been on his feet. So he reaches down, pulls him up, and the guy walks off. Now, he's jumping and leaping. This means that bones had to be put in place. It means that all sorts of things had to come in and adhere and be fused like fine bone china in a split second. That's God's specialty. His specialty is doing anything with nothing except one little drop of faith and someone to deliver the package. Okay? Someone to deliver the package. Now, because of the multitude of times that I've had to use the anointing of God, I've done things like that. And you almost feel like repenting. You almost feel like repenting because you didn't pray. You, you step in front of somebody and you know it's a demon in there, so you just say, come out! And you move on. And about three or four people down there, you think, oh, I didn't use the name of Jesus. And it bothers you because you can't stop and repent. You've still got 500 people to pray for. But then you think about it. And then you go back to the red words. All it was was that deposit of dominion that was so angry, it jumped right out of you at that demon that had that individual in that condition they were in. It was a 
lightning flash, Mark. It, it's like lightning. It comes out. And for a split second, you could bite nails in two. I don't know what they see when they look at you, but they're gone. They're gone. It's done. That's not in me because I'm in full-time ministry. That's not in me because God sent me to Africa. That's in me because I got born again and got filled with the Holy Ghost. I just had a lot of time on the shooting range. I pulled a trigger a lot of time. And that's kind of what it's like. Mm -hmm. The more you use what's in you, the anointing of God, giving Him all the praise and all the honor and all the glory because we can't do anything without Him. Now, understand me, Jesus was sent down here and nobody was saved. There wasn't a spark of anything but darkness any place. So he starts out getting a couple rough fishermen. They know hard work and they know how to catch things. And he mingles in a doctor, a bad tax collector, got to have all kinds. He brings everybody in and he gives to them what he has. And he begins to nurture them and tell them what to do with it. That's all it is. Now, how many people are sitting here born again and filled with the Holy Ghost? We can change the world. He started out with 12, and one of them ran away. And look at what he's done. Yet still, these same red words in this Bible that I read to you when I started, the harvest is plenteous. But the laborers are few. And we pray against the devil and we bind and we die this. Only takes one word. Come out. So what we have to decide, am I going to be used? Do I want to be used? I got the goods. I've been sitting on it, didn't know it. I've been looking to get more and more and more and more and more, but I got more and more and more to start with. So I got Jesus in here. Now, the words are still true that the harvest is plenteous and the laborers are few. Imagine what the size of the harvest was in the known world. They didn't know much about the world back then. How many people there were out there that were candidates to receive what these 12 had. But I want you to think about the centuries of time and the population explosion. Just imagine how many are sitting in darkness now. How many billions more than when Jesus was on the earth? Now, he's still here because he's right here with us. But here's the part we have to understand. God took him to heaven and put him on his right hand. And here's another mind twister. The Bible says that you and I are seated in Him, not with Him, in Him in heavenly places. Yet, He's in every one of us down here on this earth, and all of us in this building, every born-again believer in the world is inside Him on that right seat in heaven. So we don't know too much, okay? 
So when he took the cloud up to heaven with all those people watching him, a few days later, he sent the field superintendent down. Now, he became the managing director. And father's in kind of semi-retirement. He's enjoying himself now. He didn't have much to do. Jesus is up there running the show. Holy Ghost is down here in us. So we've got the field superintendent down here. And he brought the power. we got power. So all we have to do is learn how to use it. Okay? And it's easy. It wants to come out. It wants to run up and down the streets. It wants to go uh, crazy in a good way. Now, I want you to understand and I want you to know tonight when you leave Peter exercised dominion Jesus exercised dominion anybody that's ever used that name to heal somebody or set somebody free how big is a miracle brother Ron uh, it's got a range from a broken fingernail to cancer and beyond covers death everything so there. From the smallest one, that's a miracle, to the biggest one, that's a miracle. Miracles only come in one size. Well, if miracles only come in one size, why do people, when they're praying for a fingernail, oh, Jesus, just heal this fingernail. And then when we get in the hospital and we're praying for cancer, oh, shalabahatalabah, What's that all about? I mean, you know, you're yelling the enamel off your teeth. What's the deal here? Oh, Brother Ron, that's a big one. Did Jesus ever say, that's a big one? I don't think so. He said, that's just another one. That's all it is. And you'll find that most of the time, when you start praying for people, demons, demons are the cause of sickness. Could be an ancestral spirit of some kind that came down through the genealogy. Could be a lot of things. Now, I grant you certain things are stupid, too. We, we do have some homo sapiens on the earth that are just, you know, stupid. But God loves him, too. Now, Peter exercised the dominion that he didn't know was in him. He didn't know he had it until it flashed like a lightning bolt, Mark, right out of him. He was going into the temple. He was headed there, and then he got distracted and looked at this guy, and he picked up, there's faith there. This guy is, exp and this guy was always expecting to receive because he's a beggar, see? He's schooled in expectations. But Peter saw that, and immediately Peter stepped over a line, okay? He got out of himself, this, and he got in this, and it flashed, and the guy got changed completely. Now, those things happen, and they need to happen more. Yes. They need to happen more. Amen. They need to happen more. Yes. It needs to be happening. I can't do more. I have moored myself out. Okay? 
Sometimes you wind up preaching 320 some odd times a year. Just take and subtract that from 365. And now you, you throw in a couple hundred thousand miles on airplanes, a lot of driving, a lot of walking, all the rest of it that goes with it. So what we have to have is a resurgence of dangerous Christians. Amen. Christians who are not afraid of who's in them. That's right. And Christians who are wise as serpents, listen to me, and harmless as doves. Yes. You can't just bull your way in there. There are a lot of people on every social realm from the bottom to the top. And you walk right past them every day. All of us do. Yes. You may work with them. You may work for them. But you got the goods and it's in you. Yes. You simply have to be wise as a serpent. Well, what does that mean? Well, most snakes on the trail won't strike at you. They're smart enough to know. Well, you can't see me anyway. So I'm just going to stay here and let him walk past. Then he goes over. Wise as a serpent. Harmless as a dove. If we begin to use that simple procedure, and I, I would suggest everybody in here, the next time you get the urge to read the Bible through, get a King James Bible, go to the New Testament, and just read the red words. Just the red ones. That's all the instructions that the master left. That's all the how-tos and what to and what not to. It's everything. And it does it all. Now, we've just had a bunch of miracles tonight already. You remember that prayer we prayed? And you remember that forgiveness that went across? Let me tell you something. Next time you ask for something, it's not going to take long to get it. Amen. It won't take long to get it. Why? You're in position. You were at the back of the queue. Now you're at the front. But now we have to develop an association with the Holy Spirit. Because he's the field superintendent. We use the name of Jesus because it's the most powerful name forever. It travels through the annals of time. And it's the top name. And it will do anything. But the Holy Spirit is the one who releases the unction. So we got to know the Holy Spirit. And as you start to use him and allow him to use you, because he'll speak to you. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, he doesn't have a voice. He has a knowing. You don't hear words. You don't see a mouth going like this. It's a knowing. And you know what you're supposed to do. You got it. Now, 
The first time you do it, you'll do it with fear and trepidation because you don't want to go over there about the vegetables and talk to that lady. <laughs> if God has to freeze the wheels on your cart, <laughs> I command that he will translate you to the vegetable area. <laughs> Take that cabbage head of yours over there and tell that lady, let's God... Have a little fun in life. Live on the dangerous edge. Where were you? Oh, I was at the vegetable department. Wow. Good girl. Got one, didn't you? That's how it starts. And all of a sudden, life becomes worthwhile. Because you're handing tangible life to somebody. You feel it leave you. That's the beautiful part of this. Then when you turn around to walk away, you think, oh man, that was God. (laughs) (laughs) And, And then that voice is easier to hear the next time. And obedience is quicker. It just flows. Now, Just as Peter had no idea that was in him, neither did any of the other disciples. Jesus asked his disciples one time, he said, Who do men say that I am? And they said, Well, you know, uh, Elijah, one of the prophets. Uh, He said, No, I didn't ask you what do they say about me. I ask you, what's your opinion? Mm -hmm. Peter chimes up. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter was the first out of the twelve to receive a revelation of Jesus Christ. You and I can get a revelation by reading his book. He is the book. And we can lift revelations out of it. There are many here. This is why Jesus went ballistic and gave Peter the keys to the factory. Mm -hmm. Because he was astounded. One of you guys finally caught a revelation. (laughs) Because everything else he taught and said... They always took him to the side after it was over and said, duh, we didn't get it. <laughs> and I'm sure Jesus said, yeah, duh, I know. <laughs> so he explained it again, okay? And he explained it, and he explained it, and he explained it because these were the ones that would have the heavenly deposit who were going to make sure that all of us would be here tonight going a little deeper, yes. all right? A little deeper. Now, Peter had no idea. If somebody would, if Jesus would have said to him, Peter, you're going to go through the gate beautiful. You see the guy sitting over there in a the corner begging? You're going to walk in here one day and you're going to raise that guy up on his broken legs. Jesus would have turned around, Peter would have been gone. 
He couldn't fathom it because of this. Now, do yourself a favor and go read Romans 12, 2 sometime and blow your mind because your mind is a problem. When the Holy Ghost came, listen to me, they were all together in unity, in one accord, in one place. They heard a sound as a rushing mighty wind. And they saw tongues of fire. Everybody say tongues. Tongues. Say it again. They were split tongues of fire, and they sat on them. The Holy Ghost is a voice because it was tongues. He put fire in their tongues. So manifestations of the Holy Ghost are words. When I said to that demon-possessed person out in that field, Come out! I just went to the next one. What was it? Words. I didn't lay hands on them. I didn't wrestle with them for 15, 20 minutes. Get nine other people over there to agree with me and all the rest of it. I tapped into something that I did not know I had. Just like Peter didn't know he had it with that man. But because the Holy Ghost comes on in such control, he rules and reigns when you allow him to have it. And he uses your hands, he uses your voice, he uses your eyes. The river that's supposed to come out of our bellies, a river of living water, has come out of this belly. It doesn't look big, but it came out. And 1,500 people in one second time were on the floor. And I was scared. I had been in ministry, listen... I'd been in ministry about a month and a half without ever being in a Bible school. Okay? Now, when that happened, I was the most scared person in the building. Literally, I ran back behind the pulpit. Because these, these concrete buildings out there in communities in Africa, there's dust all through there. And a dust cloud came up. Man, I jumped back. What is this? <laughs> and they all got filled with the Holy Ghost. And about 200 of them got set free from demons. I just sit there and watch it. <laughs> I found out something, something was on the inside of me. Does it happen all the time? No. It's not needed all the time. See? It's not needed all the time. But the example is 
Inside of you is that same thing. You just haven't found it. It's right in there. And if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it's all about words. It manifests in words. Jesus gave us prime examples on healing. Sometimes he sent them out with anointing oil. Other times just laid hands on people. Paul, some people took his work clothes. He was a tent maker, or so the Bible says. It may have been other objects too. But during the day, it's hot. He's got an apron on. He's probably got, I don't know, a knife or something here, whatever they did to work with animal skins and whatever they sewed together. And uh, he also had a handkerchief, probably around his neck. It's hot there. He probably wiped his hands on it. And the Bible says in Acts 19, verse 11 and 12, that the handkerchief and the apron was taken to people and they were healed Mm -hmm. and demons were cast out of them. Demons fled in terror and diseases departed. Well, it didn't say Paul took them. He took them off and somebody else got his work clothes. Listen to me. Got his work clothes and carried him around town, casting demons out with him, and getting people healed. Paul was over at the medical school across the street, about a block, teaching all night long, and working all day. But somebody took his clothes and used them. You take your work clothes, throw them in the wash machine. Wash all that anointing down it. You got the you got the most healed drains <laughs> in town. That's probably holy water going down the drain there. You could sell that. Well, what I want you to get before we close is there is such an anointing on your life. Yes. There is power. You're radioactive Amen. with Jesus. Yes. If you could see, and I did that, if you could see in the Spirit what was left on this, it would glow. Yes. It's the fire of God. It's the anointing that we don't understand because these natural eyes won't see it. And this human natural mind, unless it is renewed by the Word of God, will not accept the greater things that are hiding inside of us. We've got to do something about this. Communication from God comes this way. From heaven to the heart. It is reflected out of the heart to the mind. 
and the mind reflects it to the tongue. Be thou healed in Jesus' mighty name. Get up. Walk. Come out of that wheelchair. Communication as we know it comes through these two eye gates and these two ear gates to the mind. It eventually works its way down to the heart. And it's natural stuff. Governed by natural physical laws because of our natural bodies. And when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, it changes to a godly reverse order. Yes. The word comes from heaven to hear, works to the mind. And when the mind gets it, it throws it out. Because it, just, it goes blank. It doesn't know what to do with it. Because it's used to vertical lines and horizontal lines and solid and touch and feel. It's not used to spirit. There is a dominion in your soul tonight. And the word soul, using the old King James Bible, there is spirit. Dominion is to have dominion over, to exercise lordship over, to govern. So inside of us are abilities to function over things. It's not working right. Function. Make it right. Yes, Make it right. And God will show you through the gifts of the Holy Spirit what to do and when to do it. And that's when you have your opportunity to step over the line. And you step out of the natural and you step into the Spirit. The Spirit is a real place. It's a place where you can be translated. It's a place where things can happen. It's a place where God can leave your body there and take your spirit to Toronto, Canada. It takes about that long. And when you get there, you know where you are. He doesn't say a word to you because you're in the Spirit and you know as you are known. And He wants you to do something there. He wants you to, he wants you to see something there. He wants to show you previews of coming attractions because you'll wind up at that spot. How many of you have ever had a deja vu moment? Huh? And you, and you stopped. And you thought, well, I've been right here before. <laughs> yeah, the door was right there. And yeah, uh-huh, the table over here, two people were talking. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. See? And we walk right through moments of destiny because we didn't catch them. We didn't catch that moment. And there are moments for all of us to catch and to capture. And the moment is waiting for us desperately. Yes. It's, it's, it's got needs. It's got all sorts of things. And we got answers. We got power. We got power. It's just power. The object of this tonight is number one promise me the next time you get a chance to be offended, bless that person. Yes. Okay? Just bless them and save yourself a lot of trouble. Okay? You don't need to be operating at the power of 15. You need to be operating to power 10,000. Yes. And if we all get in unity on whatever, hard telling what kind of power we got. That's right. Okay, so we're not going to pick up a fence. We're not going to cause it. How many of you were serious enough to get dangerous? How many of you were serious about inviting somebody? I want to see a show of hands. Oh, yes. Yes. Guys, it's the first step. 
on the way to touching the greatness of God that's in you. If you'll just take the first step, the Holy Spirit will help you. And then He'll give you a second step and a third step. And pretty soon, you'll be standing up here. Pastor Mark will give you a microphone and you'll be telling how at this accident and the body was laying there and you just went over and prayed and the woman lived and she didn't die and this and this and this and and Jesus gets all the glory for it and everybody in the house just looks up at the ceiling and raises their hands because we all know a miracle just took place. Now, I want to pray for you tonight but I want you to get what I'm saying. I mean that. I want you going home tonight knowing what you got inside of you. That's, that's why I came here. Because if you can ever understand what's in there and begin to use it, just begin to use it a little bit, it'll multiply. It'll multiply, get huge. And we can start a stir in this valley. I've been coming to this valley since 1982, and I've never seen a real, real move of God in all the time I've been coming here. I'm talking about a move of God where people won't go home, where you've got to throw them out of the church building, where it catches fire and everybody gets it. And you can't get the people in the building because there's 2,000 in the parking lot. That's what I want in this valley. And that's what I'm going to see in this valley. Because the potential is here. Inside you. We simply have to let him get out. And he wants out. Now I want one minute because the Holy Spirit wants to move. So I want you to sit for one minute quietly. I want you to open your heart. I want everybody to sit right where you are. I want you to put your hands out just like this. That's the point where the fire comes out. It comes out your hands. It comes out your eyes. It comes out your mouth. And it comes out of your belly, your innermost chamber. When you're ministering to more than you got time to lay hands on, it comes out of the innermost chamber. And it's a gush. almost pulls you off your feet. Holy Spirit, I want you to come in Jesus' name. I appreciate you so much, sir. Father God, we, we love you and we worship you. And Jesus, we can never repay you for what you did. But the one way we can start to repay you, Lord, is if we start to do what you said to do. Because you paid the ultimate price so we wouldn't have to. And we gain heaven and all its benefits. So Jesus, we thank you. And Holy Spirit, we love and appreciate you so much for bringing power to us. Now, please, sir, you see these hands. Tonight, Holy Spirit, let your fire fall upon your people. Put fire in their hands. Put fire on their lips. And put fire on their heads. So they can think God's thoughts. So they walk God's way. And so healing deliverance, special miracles of all kinds drip from the hands and their mind, Lord Jesus, 
Help them to renew that natural mind. And Lord, let that anointing run through their hands and through their eyes, out of their belly when it's necessary. When they go visiting, Lord God, and they have dinners and thanksgivings and holidays with their relatives, leave a tangible anointing on every chair they sit on. They never thought about that. Leave traces of heaven everywhere, God. Every time we shake hands, Lord, healing goes in. Father, I thank you for the potential of your people. Holy Ghost, fire. Fire in their hearts. Fire on their lips. Anointing from heaven so that nothing ever slips. They'll never say what they used to say, no matter what the situation and what the day. But power and glory has been accessed, and they have it now. They see it clearly. And Father, they're so precious, each and every one. They're so important to you, Father. Equip them fully, Holy Spirit. Lead, guide, and direct them into all the truth. Take the things that belong to Jesus and show it to them. And Lord, show all of us the future, things to come, Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, as time begins to go past, open the mysteries of the kingdom of God to us like never before. And right now, Holy Spirit, burn out every infirmity and every sickness in every person. Loose them from problems and worry. Cause fears to depart in Jesus' name. Heal their bodies, Lord God, right now. Now, in Jesus' name, it's done. No more hassles, no more pain, never again to be the same. And Jesus, as we lift our hands before you, we all worship you right now. Mighty God, what a, what a wonder you are. What a precious Savior. What a healer. What a Lord. That you would solve our problems here on earth and then send the Holy Ghost to us so we could walk through this place. We thank you for your word, your sacrifice on that cross, your precious, precious blood that cleansed all of us. And Lord Jesus, today starts a brand new day for us. We're going to be wise as serpents out there, Lord. That's what you said. We'd be harmless as doves. But we're going to produce in the kingdom of God like this valley has never seen before. We're going to change this place by your dominion, and we're going to enforce the government of God in this valley. In Jesus' name. Lord, before we're finished, there'll be newspaper articles about all the people being healed. And all the people coming that can't get in the buildings. And Father, we thank you for that. I sow this, Lord God, as a seed. There's a whole bunch of seeds in here right now. And when I say amen, we'll be sown back out into this valley. I thank you for hundredfold producers. Hundredfold producers. In Jesus' mighty name. I'll worship you for that and praise you, mighty King. Jesus, thou art worthy. Father, you are the great I am. And Holy Spirit, we'll hear your voice. And the voice of the Good Shepherd we never fail to hear. We always hear His voice and obey His words. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen.